Welcome back to another episode of Laser Graves. I am your co-host, E.K. Wimmer. Hey, E.K., I'm Mariah Rose. And welcome, everybody. If this is your first time listening, this is a podcast about the 80s and 80s-related stuff. If uh, you are returning, you will be happy to know this is our special Halloween episode. Yay! Even though we normally do every other week, we realize that uh, Halloween fell on a Tuesday this year. And that's when we release our episodes, so we decided to do two back-to-backs so that we could do a special Halloween one this year, which means that next week we won't have an episode, we'll start back up the following week, and then we'll just go back to our normal every other week schedule. I'm super confused. It's okay. Everybody is. You'll get an episode when you get a notice that a new episode came out. Unless we drop off the face of the earth again. (laughs) No, quit teasing that. (laughs) Uh, This is going to be a really fun one. We did this last year, and Mm -hmm. it it seemed to be that people really enjoyed it. I know that we personally really enjoyed it, so we talked about doing it again this year, and I'm really glad we could. But before we get into our episode this week, it is Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. Hope you're safe and having fun. Uh, We're not doing the trick-or-treating, you know, like costumes today, but... We every year have good friends that throw a big party, mm-hmm. Halloween party, and they did on the Saturday before Halloween, which meant we got to get all dressed up. And it was really fun. I always look forward to it every single year because oh, yeah. they go all out and everybody participates in costume. And this one was particularly fun. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, it's the craziest thing. Nobody shows up without wearing a costume. It's like illegal. I don't yeah. think you're allowed in. Yeah, I do think you're kind of shamed at the door and turned away. I've never seen anybody show up without a costume. Yeah, that's true. And the people who do show up always really commit. That's what I appreciate also. Like, yeah. they're good costumes. Yeah, there were some really good ones. I saw Slash. I saw Heather from Heather's and so many more. It was just yeah, really great. Yeah, it was great. really fun. Uh, we had our hosts themselves be Teen Wolf and Little Red Riding Hood. Let's uh, tell everybody what we dressed up as this year. All right. Do you want to go first or do you want me to? You can if you want. Okay. So I had big plans. I don't know what they were, but I was going to do something big and it was going to be homemade. And then like time happened and things <laughs> yeah. and, and we were busy. And then you just called me from the thrift store and you're like, I've got um, a Star Trek costume and I've got a stewardess costume and you bought them both and they both fit. Yeah. And I didn't really know what I was going to be until the moment before we left, like 10 minutes before. And so I ended up putting on the uh, stewardess, the flight attendant um, outfit from like the 60s or whatever. Yeah. It's like a little vintage stewardess outfit. And that was good. What about you? Well, I decided this year to just embrace what I've dealt with for a couple years now, where if you're a man with with long hair and a beard, mm-hmm. you usually get called like two things. Dave Grohl. I get that a lot. That's my dad who calls you super, Dave Grohl. Super annoying. <laughs> or Rob Zombie always comes up. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, you know what I'm doing this year? I'm dressing as Rob Zombie. <laughs> so I fully committed and uh, hand-built my whole outfit. The That's hat, because there's, Rob Zombie is a character. He could be a little action figure, and you would know exactly who it is, because he's got a very distinctive look. Yes. And the key elements tend to be his hat is very particular. Yeah, it's like a cowboy hat. Yeah, but it's got a certain look. Yes. And then he always has these big bell-bottoms, this kind of hippie industrial look. And so I, I found the only hat I could find was this beat-up old... 
pink cowgirl hat at the thrift store. <laughs> so I had to really build that from scratch. I spray painted it black and then I got a white pen, like a paint pen, and tried to mimic all of his patches and designs on his hat with bones and everything. And I thought it turned out pretty great. pretty solid, yeah. And then I I need I got the pants, but then I needed a shirt with the skeleton chest on it which I find all day, every day at a thrift store until I needed it. And I couldn't mm-hmm. find it anywhere. So I ended up just buying a black shirt, cutting it up, and then hand painting that too. But it was fun. I had a blast. Yeah. Yeah, you looked great. Thanks. I really overestimated how many people knew who Rob Zombie was. That's okay. Or even knew what he looked like because I thought I was being really funny and clever. When we entered the party, I blasted uh, more human than human from White Zombie on my phone as my entrance. And mm-hmm. everybody just seemed really confused and annoyed that I was playing music. So. I was confused. I wasn't annoyed. Well, it really fell flat. But That's in okay. my mind, it was a pretty epic. It was like a wrestler entrance, you know. <laughs> you wanted to do like a victory lap? Yeah, that's what it felt like. <laughs> no, it was fun. Uh, I had a blast. I always do. I love Halloween's like my favorite time of year anyway. So. Yeah. But that was that. We had a good Halloween. So I hope everybody has really, you know, a good time tonight. And if you're you're dressed up in a fun costume, you should, um, if you post in stories, post uh, your costume with laser graves and we'll share it on ours. Oh, yeah. I just love seeing adults in costumes. <laughs> Me too. Because I'm a strong proponent of always dressing up for Me any too. reason. And then we have the bonus living in New Mexico where I am almost 100% sure we're going to get a fireworks show. Yeah. Because people here, for whatever reason, maybe it's Thursday, maybe it's an actual holiday, fireworks, big ones. I think it's because it's such a dry climate that has, uh, it's very flammable. Yeah. The people like, you know, it'd be awesome. Fireworks at all times. Do it. Well, anyway, that's, um, be safe out there. Have fun. Don't get possessed. Or conjure a demon, whatever, I mean, whatever suits you. Yeah, and don't set off fireworks in my neighborhood, please. Yeah, I really, I would encourage conjuring demons. I would discourage fireworks. That's where I draw the line. Okay. You know, it's a sacred night. I don't need fireworks. (laughs) Anyway, that is it for our little updates of Halloween. Man, I just love, I love Halloween so much. You too. Okay, but this year... We are bringing back what we started last year, and I think this is going to be our annual tradition now. Mm-hmm. We we did it last year, and this year is, again, Urban Legends, our Urban Legends Spooktacular, <laughs> but the sequel, because it's a part two. Part two. <laughs> Okay, I'm very excited. I know you are. I think our longtime listeners are. For those of you new to the show, how this works is we try and find as best we can 80s urban legends, but that's not always the easiest. Or things started a little before the 80s, but then took off in the 80s. Mm -hmm. But 
we're going to do our best to stick around there. There may be a little bit of, you know, um, blurring of the lines on uh-huh. the 70s or 90s. But in general, these are kind of 80s related urban legends. And we yeah. get to share a few each back and forth. And it's so much fun because I absolutely love urban legends and campfire stories. So this isn't like a creepy pasta thing where we're having people write in. This is just us digging up classic stories from the 80s and talking about them and and ones we remember some that we've maybe never heard Mm -hmm. and what i really liked about last year was people were familiar with some and had never heard of of others and i think that's really fun it is and you know sometimes if there is information available we'll give you the real story and if not that's okay you just get it you just get it and i think this is gonna have to be the last year we center around the 80s i think from now on it's gonna have to be time travel because what i discovered is so many of these just span decades if not centuries yeah it's really fascinating i also i was telling you this um yesterday maybe when we were researching was it's fascinating how many started in the 70s yeah in particular like a lot of urban legends which is Really interesting because that's when a lot of serial killers were active and Mm -hmm. Satanism was really kind of picking up steam. And it's just the 70s were a weird time. 70s and then 50s, I would say, is the other one. Yeah, oh, definitely the 50s too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, post-World War II. Yeah. So I think, yeah, from here forward, we'll probably just do urban legend uh, spooktacular episodes. Who knows? But maybe not centered. Unless... I also very much encourage our listeners, if we haven't co- covered it in this episode or our previous one, and you know of 80s urban legends, write us and we'll we'll start keeping a little list and, and we can do them next year. But I'm going to say right now, you're in charge of that list. Well, I mean, <laughs> was there a question? I would no, be. I, would. I like how you implied like you would actually do it anyway. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> nice, yes, indeed. Okay, well, this this year we're getting to the sequel, and it's a fun... We got a lot to get through. We do. So we should probably just dive into it. So buckle up, everybody. Put your witch's hat on. Get ready to be spooked and bewildered oh. by these fascinating tales of ancient times called <laughs> the 80s. <laughs> wow. That was really off the cuff. Good job. Yeah, it was unscripted, ladies and gentlemen. For sure. No doubts. Well, I'm going to start us off and do sort of an, a rapid fire pop culture urban legends from the 80s. Oh, just get it all like the easy ones out of the way. Yep. Just scattershot. They're the ones that we've all heard like in passing that are pretty short and sweet and there's not a whole lot to get to so they're not really spooky stories but they are urban legends yeah and i'm just gonna scatter shot at you and i have i think for every single one the truth behind the legend Ooh, cool all right i'm excited about this one okay this one's gonna start off kind of with a fizzle so okay, great way to, way to <laughs> set ever set it up for everybody to be instantly disappointed all right well tell me first did you hear the one about michael jackson and latoya being the same person no, I did not. I heard it in Montana in the 80s. Really? That Michael and Latoya were the same person and like there were no photos of them together and that he just like lived two lives or she lived two lives, however you choose to look oh, at no, it. I had not heard that one before. Yeah, that they looked similar, etc. And that was that was the whole whole legend. Okay, I hate to steal your thunder. Mm-hmm. I'm going to speculate that this one was not true. 
What? <laughs> yeah. no, uh, wrong. It's true. <laughs> okay. No, I'm kidding. Paul McCartney died in the 60s. Uh, so Continuing. they are not, in fact, the same person. Okay, darn. I know. And That's there, a fun one. I've never heard that one before. Yeah, and the way I heard it was that there are no photos of them together. You can go online and there's like nine quabillion photos. But when I heard it in the 80s, there was really no way to fact check that. So Was that a prevalent urban legend i heard it so okay. maybe listeners tell us did you hear that one too and i mean i found it online okay so all right i mean i knew the whole like whatever seven up hair on fire one but what? i didn't we'll get to it next year oh, okay i'm like i don't know that one okay or well, maybe it's pepsi whatever um anyway okay fine. okay that's starting out already <laughs> interesting because i didn't realize that that was even something people took seriously yeah i did i definitely did okay I mean, I so you were one of those little lady okay the next one is the song dancing my- with myself being about masturbation oh billy idol yes have you heard that one the urban legend that the song is about masturbation yeah well of course that's like what's been pushed since day one do you believe that it is no I don't. Okay. I think that Shebop is about <laughs> masturbation. <laughs> I don't think that Dancing with Myself is, although it's really funny. The legend is that it's supposed to be like his girlfriend caught him masturbating and he wrote Dancing with Myself about okay. it. What's What's the story? The reality is in uh, the late 70s before he wrote the song, he was at like a club, a nightclub in Japan and saw... People dancing with their own reflections in the mirror. Oh, like literally dancing with themselves. Although he is very aware of this urban legend. Okay. And he's kind of tried to reel it back. And he's like, well, you know, dancing with your own reflection in the mirror is basically like masturbating. So okay. he's trying to go with that. He's trying to play with that one. Oh, he's trying to play with it. I got it. Okay. <laughs> but it's not. It's just about people dancing with their own reflected image. Okay. Well, yeah. Which is kind of sad. Yeah, that is a bummer. I know. Okay, so the next one is Phil Collins in the air tonight. Okay. Have you heard about this one? <laughs> I think so. Allegedly, it's about a drowning incident in which someone was uh, close enough to save the person who was drowning, and they didn't. And Phil Collins saw it, and he wrote a song about it. And the the actual urban legend gets more and more ridiculous. Like, he saw that person again at a concert and sang it directly at their faces. Like, I know you let that person <laughs> drown. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Did okay. you hear that one? Yeah, I... I do appreciate when urban legends take off and get way more intense than they need to be. Yeah, and it's like one of those things. A friend adds a little embellishment and making it a little more scintillating so that it's a good story to pass on. Yeah, and then it ends up ultimately becoming that the sweater in The Shining is a nod to a fake moon landing. Okay, (laughs) we were going to tackle some of that stuff. And then I realized that's real conspiracy theory more than urban legend. And that's like a whole other show. Yeah. Okay. But because that happened in 1980, maybe. Maybe. Maybe that could be a future episode. I don't, I don't know. know. I'm kind of bored was, by it. I was bored one night and I was just sifting through, it was like YouTube or Tubi or something. And I came across a documentary about that, about Kubrick landing? covering oh. up the moon landing. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? Watch this. And within minutes, I was so bored. I thought it was be, it would be really fun and amusing, but it was just nonsense. So... If there's some good content out there, I'm all for it. But, oh, man. These, like, YouTube documentaries are are rough. 
Yeah, I, th- I think I'm going to pass on that. I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm really bored on I that I also subject. don't really want to have the conspiracy people come out of the woodworks no, for no. laser graves. Like, don't find try us. Try to keep it fun here. Yeah. I don't need Light, that. easy, fly under the radar. Okay, well, okay. back to Phil Collins killing people. Oh, no. Watching somebody else let another Okay, drown. being complacent in death. Well, he was too far in this legend. Like, he couldn't stand in, but there was somebody a little bit closer who could have helped. Was the... The drum solo to represent them, like, pushing them back into the water? The final bubbles. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> okay. No, it is actually about his divorce. Oh. And he said, I wrote the lyrics spontaneously. I'm not quite sure what the song is about. A lot of anger, a lot of despair, and a lot of frustration, but specifically about his breakup. Oh, so it's not about murder. No. Nor, okay. like, just, you know, not being a, a hero. Okay, well, it was sort of spooky related with death, only it ended up just being really depressing about divorce. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Okay. Okay, let's rally. Let's get wicked. Stairway to heaven. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Do you know the urban legend? About the guy who wants to buy a guitar, can't afford it. Goes in and plays Stairway to, Stairway to Heaven. No. And is told by the store owner that he's not allowed to play Stairway to Heaven. I've heard that. <laughs> well, there is a separate urban legend that you aren't allowed to play it in any, any uh, music guitar store. store. Yeah. yeah. No, this about playing it backwards. Oh, no, I haven't heard uh, masking on, like back masking on Stairway to Heaven. Yes. So. Okay. In 1982, televangelist Paul Crouch okay. decided that the verse beginning around... Wait, four- wait, wait, wait. His last name's Crouch? Yep. Okay, we'll just leave that for later. Okay. The, um, if you play it backward, there's a, a, like, 419. There's a satanic message that says, Here's to my sweet Satan, the one whose little path would make me sad, whose power is Satan. He will give those with him. 666. There's a little tool shed where he made us suffer. Sad Satan. Oh, wow. That's really elaborate. People got really into that because it was the 80s. I mean, also, when you look at those lyrics, you're like, what? Okay, bud. I mean, everybody knows who, like, who I'm friends with knows that I have a a big love and passion for the satanic panic, especially Mm -hmm. VHS tapes of that era. Televangelists are really fun, but some of them are very clever. Well, this is just weird. I know, but they'll go out of their way to really make up a good story. Well, did you look into it? Yeah. So, uh, Robert Plant doesn't even know what it's about. He, he's not sure. Okay. And then um, when one of the recording engineers was asked about it, he said, why would they spend so much studio time doing something so dumb? <laughs> <laughs> nice. This is a good zinger. Yeah. So, no. Yeah. It's not a backwards, weird, satanic message. And if you were going to do that, why would you make it that message? I don't know. But I have to bring up, this is kind of just for a shout out to our boys at Bad Taste Video. The, My Sweet Satan is a really interesting kind of short film um, by Van Bieber that is pretty dark and interesting, but I had always liked the name of that, mm-hmm. My Sweet Satan, and I'm curious if that came from that. Oh, I don't like know. Like the urban legend or not. Here's Probably not. Nice, maybe. I mean, it's pretty well known. Okay. Well, there you go. Okay. So we're going to pivot away from music and go to a film. Oh, we're still doing rapid fire pop culture. Yes, I got two more for you. Two films. Let's hear it. Two films. 
Three Men and a Baby. <laughs> oh yeah, I definitely remember this one. Okay, what was what was the version you heard? That uh, during the filming of Three Men and a Baby, somebody's kid was on set and got too close to the balcony and fell out the window or something like that and died and then haunted the set and that if you freeze frame it at a certain time you can see the silhouette of the ghost and i then can take this a step further because i went up to a friend's house when i was in whatever elementary or junior Mm -hmm. high and i walked in and his whole family I mean, spoiler alert, his family wasn't that bright, but his whole family was sitting around the TV talking about it, and they were freeze-framing it uh-huh. to try and show us that there was an actual ghost on film in Three Men and a Baby. Mm-hmm. And there you go. Yes. I, I remember it very, very vividly. I, too, had a friend show me. And did you get to see it? I saw it on film. And that's, okay, so we live in a time of 4K restoration where everything, you can see like every pore and pimple on every actor now. Mm-hmm. During the VHS days, it was a lot of blurred lines and tracking and, and obscure silhouettes and things. So I could see how if you had maybe a rough copy or something of just seeing a silhouette in that might be believable. Mm-hmm. I would have to think a 4K scan of the 35 millimeter negative is probably crystal clear when you pause it now. Well, we know what it is. Okay. But yes, like you, I heard the same, a variation on the story. Right. That it was like in a house and the a child died and it was haunting the set. And there was a shotgun involved. Um, And you can see it. A friend showed it to me. You can see a silhouette. Yeah. But the silhouette is a cardboard cutout from a different storyline that didn't make it into the final film where one of the three men had done a dog food commercial. Okay. And he had a cardboard cutout of, of that himself. Dog. Yeah. And it, that's all it is. What did the set dresser just forget to like take it off or something? And it's just sitting there behind a curtain? Yeah, it was just part of the set. They just cut that whole storyline. Okay. So people didn't understand why there was a silhouette by the window? Yeah. Okay. That's it. And furthermore, debunking this, this was not filmed in a house. It was filmed on a soundstage. <laughs> right. So. Well, I think there's an actual photo of him next to the cutout, too. Yeah. yeah, it's totally, totally debunked. But I absolutely remember yeah. that whole thing, people pausing it and being like, look, you can see Did it. Did you believe it? No, I don't think I believed it, but I believed you could see something. Yeah. I remember being spooked that there was a an image on film. Yeah, it's but weird. I remember thinking like, well, is that just somebody creeping in the you know, is it pulling a bob from Twin Peaks and he's yeah. just creeping behind you? Is it a sound guy? Yeah, somebody should have been offset. Yeah. Um. Well, that's a good one. Okay. That's one I definitely remember. All right, the final one. This is one I also knew. I don't know if you heard uh, that in Teen Wolf. Uh, well, while Teen Wolf is like. Oh, yeah. Hamming it up on the b-ball court that there's somebody in the stands who shows some peen. (laughs) So you've heard this one? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Well, sorry. Oh, so you looked into this one? Yes. You freeze-framed? Yes, I've I've seen the (laughs) freeze-frame. Okay. What do you see? (laughs) Well, uh, there is an extra, and it's possible that their pants are kind of unzipped, or maybe it's a tail of a shirt. Sadly... It is 
not a peen, and we know this because it's a female extra. <laughs> oh, wow. And and there's no flesh. Like, you can just see it's, like, white fabric. Oh, so that really got distorted then, huh? Yeah, but some, like, weird little perv started this out. They're like, what? Yeah. And told all their friends, and then all their friends were like, wait, did you see it? Yeah, I definitely remember that one, too. And you can imagine them, like, pausing it. Because remember how there's that skip in the pause, yeah, too? Yeah, that's what and I was like, saying. And when you've got such a crappy transfer already yeah. to VHS, it's going to have some blurred little image there. Yeah, so okay. there you go. I'm all set now. We've, okay. We've cleared up these mysteries. So you've warmed up. Okay. You've warmed up with the urban legends. The rest are spooky. Okay. Okay. That was Your I do. I really do like pop culture urban legends. Me too. And some are maybe so many. not appropriate for our our all ages crowd that we typically have. Oh yeah. So, but there's some good ones out there for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As I was reading, I was like, man, that's a wild one there. Yeah. And some of them I definitely remember Absolutely. on the playground being oh. like, that's crazy. <laughs> That guy did what? Okay. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. Everybody knows which one I'm okay. talking about. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick one off. Okay. This one is one I also remember. Maybe you do. Have you ever heard the urban legend of the blue star acid? Mmm. No. Okay. Let me set it up for you. Okay. So as the story goes, one day there is a flyer that appears and the flyer is warning parents and teachers that there are drug dealers out there i'm assuming they were probably also satanists there was drug dealers out there that had created uh, rub-on tattoos that the kids use of cartoon characters like superman and mickey mouse and Mm -hmm. you know disney characters but they had been laced with LSD. What? And when these kids use... So you're like this. This checks out. When the kids use the LSD lace tattoos, they become addicted to, you called it, LSD. <laughs> the most addictive drug on the planet. Oh my. <laughs> and in some cases, there's even cyanide that's in there. And, um, and the cyanide is like going to kill some of your kids. So... As funny as this is, as we know with a lot of this scare tactics from the 80s, this took off. This was prime time, help the children. These flyers got mass copied, spread out, given to police departments, put up in schools around the nation, and it caused this panic. And it went on basically every Halloween for several years. It would kick up again to look out for it. And why it was called the Blue Star Acid is because... There's this character on the front that's got stars, and that was one of the indicators that if if the cartoon character had a blue star by it, that meant that it was laced with acid, and you have to be careful. Why would you... Uh, yeah, <gasps> there's a lot of questions. I do remember something about the star, like on a lollipop or something. Yeah, and then it even spread into the 90s, and it yeah. became Bart Simpson tattoos. Like, you got to watch out for a tattoo... With Bart Simpson, because if you put it on, it's laced with acid and it'll get you addicted. <laughs> Just really want to get those kids addicted. Yeah, and we all know that elementary students have a lot of money for drugs. So it seems like a humongous expense for yeah. very little reward. Yeah, and on the bottom of this flyer, there was a name associated. What? It was put out and signed by a person named Jay O'Donnell. 
of the Outpatient Chemical Dependency Treatment Service at Danbury Hospital in Connecticut. Okay. And of course, once, you know, the news outlets got wind of this, they contacted this place. And that place was like, A, we've never employed a a man by that name. And B, we get calls constantly about this of concerned parents thinking that they're part of this. And it was a real deal. It was crazy. So they were just being harassed. Yeah. And then after years of there being zero proof that kids were being given acid lace tattoos, um, a lot of principals still would put up the flyers and say, we'd better be safe than sorry. And I think the speculation was that it started because of blotting. You know, with acid sheets, you can have a figure or a a Mm -hmm. character and then you blot them and then you tear them up. So I think that's probably where it originated from. But somebody just made up a name, made up this whole story, and somehow it just spread and caused this complete panic among Weird. schools throughout the whole nation that everybody is being exposed and addicted. And addicted. To acid. Okay. There you go. That's the Blue Star wow. acid urban legend, which was thoroughly debunked, but very fun. All right. So we're going to... Take a little turn, go to the very early 90s, but don't worry, I'll pull us right back to the 80s. Okay, sounds good. Don't panic. I'm not going to panic. Okay, so in 1992, uh, a very, very successful film came out called Candyman. Right. We've seen it. Yeah. We know it. We love it. We're all afraid of bees now. (laughs) Between that and the one where Macaulay Culkin gets stung by bees, I was over bees in the 90s. Was that my girl? Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I was not going to pull that out of my brain. So thank you. Uh, Anyway, did you hear the in the 90s that Candyman was based on a true story? Um, No, I just assumed it was based on Bloody Mary. Like it was just an adaptation, like an urban adaptation of that. Right. Yeah, it does feel a little bit like that. And I heard that Candyman was based on a real man who was vengeful, but not obviously a bee master. Oh, no. Didn't Clive Barker come up with Candyman? Yes, he did. Okay. However, there is some truth to the Candyman story. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Oh, wait. So he based it off of a true story. No. the A scene from the movie... Not Clive Barker's story, but a scene from the movie is based on a true story. Oh, okay. Do tell. So, uh, one scene in in the movie involves a woman who is attacked by a man coming out of, like, the medicine cabinet in the wall. Oh, I like where this is going. And this comes from a true story. Really? Yes. So, on the night of April 22nd in the 1980s, I think it was 87... A woman called 911, and she was not especially coherent when communicating with the 911 dispatcher because she was in a full panic. And she said something that seemed completely nonsensical. She said somebody came out of the mirror. Oh, interesting. And they did send the police, and the police knocked, and there was no answer. And they just kind of let it go. Because they didn't want to, like, break down the door or anything like that. Interesting. I feel like I've kind of heard part of this now that you're telling me. Mm-hmm. So the they just all thought it had been a weird call from a crazy person. But what the police didn't know was that in between all of the apartments in this, it was like lower income housing, there were passageways for repairs 
and people knew about it and you could go through those passageways and make your way into people's apartments. Whoa, that's creepy. Which is freaky deaky. So burglars could break in by pushing out that bathroom cabinet and just be in your going house. in there yes. oh that's so creepy so um a neighbor actually did report hearing gunshots but nobody did anything because like i said low-income housing yeah non-white people yeah they did not get yeah the they were not full treatment. Get any attention Mm-mm. yeah so they didn't break down the door and it wasn't for two days until the building management broke down the door or drilled out the door and they found her dead whoa that got yeah. dark yeah real dark but it is based on a true story wow that's wild so when you hear candy man is based on a true story no he is not but that scene is that's really and that was not in the book no and her name was i think Ruth, or not the book i think it was maybe just a screenplay i don't did Clyde Barker a, write a book he wrote a st- short story okay and it was just um I don't believe that this was in Clive Barker's story. I think it was the director who included it. Okay. Uh, but I could be wrong, so I'm not sure on that part. But um, the c- woman is named M- Ruthie McCoy, and the woman in the movie is named Ruth also. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It's so weird when I hear things like this, because, you know, we've been podcasting for so many years, and I've been on so many podcasts of friends. Right. I feel like I've heard part of this before. And then I start to panic that we've discussed it. Mm-hmm. So disclaimer from here going forward, because I'm notorious for this. If we have discussed this for some reason, like four years ago on an episode, mm-hmm. I clearly have forgotten it. Act surprised with us. Because it's always funny when I think I've never heard something or we think we haven't covered a movie and then we find out we already have an oh, episode gosh. on it. <laughs> this happens. But I do feel like I've heard some... Some variation. Some variation. And I'm not sure where, but that is really disturbing. Oh, that's a creepy story. Yeah. Good one. Yeah. So, okay. All right. You're up. Oh, is it my turn? I've got another creepy story for you. This one is called, this is a famous one from the 80s, famous urban legend. Okay. Called the Choking Doberman. What? Have you ever heard of it? No. Okay, this is a big one. Is the Doberman choking or is the Doberman reaching out with its paws and choking? <laughs> oh, like sticking its paw down yeah. somebody's throat. Or like putting its <laughs> paws on either side of the windpipe and just <laughs> pressing. <laughs> like I wanted to do the one of the cat uh, covering a baby's mouth and suffocating <laughs> it. But that goes way, way, way back. back. I was like, darn it. Just because I wanted to talk about a cat trying to... Um, you know, suffocate yeah. a baby. But anyway, no. Okay. The choking Doberman. This is a good one. Okay. And this is kind of perfect urban legend storytelling because it's got a beginning, middle and an end and it wraps up so great nice. that you could really hear this spreading to any community and be like, oh, no, no, that happened. So here's how the story goes. Um, and it was first told in 1984. Well, it was first kind of made mass known in 1984 by this guy, uh, Jan, 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 Harold Brunvald. I'm going to say Jan. I'm going to yeah. go out on yep. a limb and say Jan. I think he was it. like an urban legend specialist and author, and he produced many books. But he made a he put out a book called The Choking Doberman and Other New Urban Legends, which I really want to read now. And that's where the story kind of yeah. went into pop culture lexicon. But how the story is told, okay, is that there is a woman who decides to go out with some friends right 
one night. And keep in mind, just like the the red spot or anything like that, there's all these variations. Yeah. But this is kind of the the generic version of the story. There's okay. going to be subtle differences depending on who's telling it. But so don't get your panties in a twist. If your choking Doberman story is slightly different, yeah. Okay. Exactly. Don't hold it so precious. It was a Pomeranian. <laughs> it choked with its back paws. <laughs> okay. So this lady goes out to have some fun with some friends. And when she comes home, she discovers her Doberman is in the hallway choking. Okay. And she's super concerned, as you would be as a pet owner. She calls up the vet. The vet says, you got to take this this puppy in right now. Uh, it didn't have to be a puppy. I just wanted to say, like, oh, watch out for that puppy. Okay. Uh, okay. That's a variation that's laser graves. Now. Okay. It's a puppy Doberman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, she takes a full-grown adult choking... And goes into the vet. It must not be choking very bad. I mean, I don't know. Because it would know. be dead. Maybe. Okay. Bad enough to call up the vet late at night. Okay. And you know that vet bill was not cheap. Nope. One million dollars. Roughly. Okay. But in 80s money. Five billion. Five billion dollars. Goes into the vet. The vet's like, holy moly, this Doberman's choking. <laughs> uh, uh, what we should do is... Do surgery, emergency surgery. Oh my gosh. Do I get it? Can I guess what it's choking on before we get there? No. Okay. I uh, go home. We'll call you when the Doberman is out of surgery and recovered, and okay. we'll tell you what it was choking on. Okay. So she goes back home. And when she gets home, she gets a frantic call from the vet. Yes. And the vet says, You have to get out of your house right now. Oh no. Because guess what the Doberman was choking on? What? Well, you wanted to guess. Oh, I wanted to guess a finger, but that's... Multiple. Three human fingers. <laughs> really? So Why she would calls... you need to get out of your house? So she calls the cops. Yeah. The cops rush over. They search the house. And in one of the closets, they find a burglar passed out from blood loss. And he's missing three fingers. Oh, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Here's a follow-up that I absolutely loved. Okay. This actually ran in a newspaper. What? As a legit story. No. Yep. First appeared June 24th, 1981 in the Phoenix News Times. And the source was, I heard it from a co-worker because it happened to his sister who lives in Las Vegas or something like that. And they ran it and then realized, oh, wait. There's there's no proof this happened, Whoa. but it took off Spread. and it started appearing in multiple towns of sure. like, no, no, that actually happened to this woman. I saw it and it would have paper. variations of the number of fingers or whatever, you know, it nice. was in the, they found the man in the basement or something, but cool. solid urban legend story. That's a good That's one. That's a really good one. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I liked that one a lot. All right. This one is really obscure, but it has... I don't know, some foundation in reality? It's the dog boy? Okay, so I don't think I know this one, but just in looking into urban legends, it came up a lot. And I think this is probably one of the more popular ones from the 80s. Okay, so I think there are several dog boys, and I tried to get to the bottom of it. And I can't tell if it's one urban legend. Because also, like, this is half an hour of me doing research. Right. Come on. I'm not a scientist of dog boy. You do that yourself. So I'm not sure how... You're not a dog boy scholar. Nope. 
Okay. <laughs> so I'm not really sure how this all comes together. And I, I kind of feel like there are multiple dog boys. And it's not really great. It's not a werewolf? No. Not at all. Okay. So this one I took from a, well, part of the story from an actual newspaper article okay. out of Arkansas, Quitman, Arkansas, where this, this particular dog story originates. Oh, like a sighting? So... No, it's it's weird. Okay, let's get into it's it. It's just a weird one. No, so. I'm excited to hear this because okay. in my mind, the whole time, every time you keep saying "dog boy," yeah, I keep imagining Bat Boy from the Weekly World News. Totally. And so I've I've got it built up in my mind that it's going to be very fun. It's not what you think. Okay. At all. So Dog Boy is a man named Gerald Bettis. Apparently, um, a husband and wife bought a house in the fifties, raised their only son in this house. His name was Gerald. And he was crazy, like right from the get go. The neighbors are interviewed about it and just say he like abused animals, but he also had a lot of animals and they called him dog boy because of his animal situation. Oh, so he wasn't some hybrid. No. And then. No, that's a bummer. Well, there's still more to it. Okay. And then, then he is said to have possibly killed his dad. Okay. At one point, I believe this is confirmed, his dad, like, he shoved his dad out the window, and his dad, like, clung to the siding until he could be rescued by police. And then, eventually, the father died, and he maybe fell down the stairs. It's a little unclear. Wait, is this... There's truth to this story? Yes, there is truth to this story. Oh, I always love when there's truth to the urban legend. So Gerald started keeping his parents kind of hostage in their house, forcing them to stay upstairs and like out of his way. And they were in their 70s and he would just kind of feed them when he felt like it and just took over the house. Like that's... This is a sad story. It's sad. The father passes away, possibly from being shoved down the stairs by Gerald. So it's just Gerald and his mom. And his mom is taken in at a certain point to the hospital. She's not well. And she tells one of the nurses about the abuse that she's suffering. Like, she's undernourished. She's just super unwell. And he is actually convicted of mistreating her after her death. So um, somewhere in the interim, he was also, like, growing pot in the house. Like, it's... He was just a weird drug dude who kept his parents hostage, basically. Okay. Went to jail and then later died of a drug overdose. Okay. Here's where it gets weird. Where's the urban legend part of this? Right now. Okay. So after all this, the neighbors started seeing lights on. They said, oh, yes, back when he was alive, he had shining eyes. And sometimes I see those shining eyes in the window of the house. Oh, so he was like... Supernatural like or superhuman. Something. It's it's unclear. It's one of those like I don't know. It's just everything that you say. And then somebody bought this house after oh, cool. he died. Like it was a whole chain of custody thing. Went to a niece. House got sold. New people move in, and it's haunted. It includes stories of floating pennies and old timey people that have nothing to do with Dog Boy. Okay. Sometimes Dog Boy. Bat, like one person says dog boy walked by and looked angrily at them. So it's just a catch-all for weird stories. For a haunting. They hired somebody to come in and like 
look at the house and do paranormal things and they're like we got three good videos the best one's gone sorry about it it's really disappointing okay so it's basically just a haunted house story and they call the ghost dog Dog boy boy. after gerald bettis who just horribly killed his parents and kept them like prisoner hostage yeah oh weird i kept thinking of that movie barbarian remember that That yeah i wonder if there's any basis on that i don't it was really kind of sad and like convoluted and it just seems like the neighbors were trying to make sense of something that doesn't make sense and also that they're weirdly superstitious the floating pennies thing i was like oh you lost me but it's in an actual article in in their newspaper legit researched that's really weird. So yeah. there is a lot of truth to him just being a creep well, so and being the, convicted. The reason that I included this is because it it kind of tells the story of how urban legends are born. Because there are spinoffs of like seeing him walking half dog in the street. And you can tell because of his shining eyes. Those kind of things. Yeah. So it builds. But there is like a really sad story at the origin Yeah, it kind of reminds me a lot of last year's story that you covered about the guy with no face or something like that. Oh, yeah, or the green man. That was the other name. Oh, man, that was such a sad story. But you can see how it it would build over time to become the urban legend. But it was based on a real person and just got more and more out there. And at the the core of it, it was just kind of a sad story. It's a really sad story. But this is also an opportunity for all of us to push this urban legend. (laughs) Yeah. So make up your own story. Has there been a dog boy movie? I guess not. I've never heard of a dog boy movie. No. I mean, what would you tell? Oh, I could see cheesy Hollywood, like big budget. What's the, you know, that whole scene of Annabelle and paranormal like all that mm-hmm. whole culture of horror movies oh the the what is their name the warrens warrens i could see doing a, that style hollywood movie where totally. it's like you just insert all these ridiculous stories as though they were true yeah all right well okay somebody start working on that script all right we'll pick us up now okay I am bringing one home. This is going to be my last one for this episode. And it's good because we're, we're coming in on our time. And so this is my, my relief pitcher coming in to close out the game. Okay. You ready? Yes. This one involves Mr. Rogers, as in our dear Fred Rogers of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. The most precious. The most precious who, despite everybody's desperation to find dirt on him, never did. And he just died a good person. It really is hard for people to deal with. Yeah. It just, in this society, in this day and age, we cannot accept it. Yeah, it's true. I don't know if you've ever heard this one involving Mr. Rogers. There's actually several, but this is the big one. Okay. I had not heard this, and I find it deeply amusing. The urban legend was, and this was pretty popular, that Mr. Rogers was actually a former Navy SEAL sniper in Vietnam, and in addition... (laughs) had multiple confirmed kills, and for each kill, got a tattoo to remember, and underneath his sweaters had sleeves filled with tattoos that represented all the people he had killed in Vietnam as a Navy SEAL sniper. They went too far. They should have just said each button on his sweater represents (laughs) a kill. So have you ever heard this when you were a kid? Uh, A little bit, like that he had a dark past, but not, not anything like that. 
Okay. That was the big one. That wow. he was a former Navy SEAL. To the point of the Navy SEALs themselves had to speak up and say, look, he was never a Navy SEAL. Look at Quit the implying that he was. So oh. I thought it would be fun because it's just such an absurd one to do a little bit of a backstory okay. on, on why this is not true. Okay, the actual truth is he did register for the draft, like every male had to, in 1948. But in 1950, he was disqualified for medical reasons. So already he can't serve in the military. There you go. And he was like, well, it doesn't matter. I'm moving on. And I'm already getting into show business and developing a TV show and everything else. He's already got his life going. By Vietnam, when that really kicked in by the early 60s to mid 60s, he was already too old to be drafted anyway. So yet again, he can't be in the military in addition to being disqualified <laughs> it just already. doesn't work. And he was already doing his TV career, which was confirmed. So he, while he would have been this awesome Navy SEAL sniper, he was on TV doing a normal show. Weird. Okay. In reality, uh-huh. not only was he not in Vietnam, he's actually, in real life, a vegetarian pacifist who was an ordained Presbyterian minister. Oh, gosh. That couldn't be further from the truth. I think he was just a nice person. <laughs> he was a nice person, and he really just wanted to try and find ways to educate children in a fun and creative way. Yeah. In addition to not even being in the military, he could have never been in the SEALs because you can't be colorblind, and he was colorblind as well. Oh, my so gosh. It was pretty funny. Wild. Um... One little follow-up on this that makes me laugh is the desperation to find something wrong with him during his lifetime included so many rumors that would pop up from time to time. One being, I mean, this is a no-brainer. It's the 80s. He was Satanist, of course. He had to be a Satanist. How do you get all those kids? The other, of course, one that you're going to go to is he was a child molester. He had to be, right? Yeah. Of course, there was zero, like, no no proof of anything. Oh, not only was he a child molester, he was convicted child molester. Okay. I think people forget that you can immediately look up records. Well, you couldn't in the 80s. You couldn't. You could easily. still confirm if somebody had a criminal well, record. like a, a researcher could, but the yeah. average person right. couldn't. But these were basically the playground rumors. that, And there oh, were yeah. so many. And by the end of his life. Just, sorry guys, I didn't check out. (laughs) He just died being a pretty good person, trying to do good things. Right with the world. People really are not okay with that. Well, I think we just don't trust when people are good, which is pretty sad. Yeah. Okay, well, that's, that's the end for me. Okay, I'm not quite done. First, we have Killer Clowns. Oh, I love Killer Clowns. So... Did you know that killer clowns usually come up on election years? I did not. Isn't that interesting? I don't know why. I don't know why. This is after Gacy? Yes. Okay. So one of the like main origins for killer clowns is Gacy. Yeah, for sure. There's some other stuff that happened along the way. And also like... Kids are pretty freaked out by clowns. For good reason. Yeah. Our youngest is not a clown fan and hasn't been since she was so little. And when we took her trick or treating when she was like two, we went to a house and there was a person dressed as a clown laying in the yard and he looked like a decoration. 
Oh, I remember that. And he would get up and scare people. And I saw him start to move. And I looked at him and I gave him my sternest mom face and shook my (laughs) head no. And he just laid right back down and didn't move until we left. So thank you to whoever that was. Nice. And your outfit that evening was a Karen. (laughs) Rude. Okay, so... Killer clowns, like, do you remember in, I think it was 2016, it must have been, when it was all over the news, like, people... Well, yeah, there were people actually dressing up and just wandering the streets. Yeah. Sure. There's a first time. Yeah. There's a first time that happened, and it was in the 80s. Was it? Yes, 1981. So this, he wasn't a juggalo. No. Oh, this is pre-juggalo. Pre-juggalo. So this, the first, like, clown story started in 1981 in Brookline, Massachusetts. Some kids said that people dressed as clowns tried to lure them into a van with candy. Of course. Yeah, but it was like a big thing. And then there were sightings all over town of somebody in a big black van trying to pick them up. Man, this is like the greatest hits of 80s urban legends. Yeah. You've got black vans. You've got... Killer clowns. Killer clowns. You've got candy oh man this is good stuff yeah so it actually included um one report of a man with like a pantsless clown trying to lure kids (laughs) okay but they kept getting these reports no adult witnesses ever right but they were issuing citywide like watch out for vans just kind of like vaguely saying without saying you know don't let your kids go with clowns yeah but I think they did at one point say, don't let your kids go with clowns, remind them. But ultimately, it was only children between like five and nine or something who were reporting these sightings. Nothing was ever substantiated and it just kind of went away. But the story spread and it was picked up in Phoenix throughout, you know, the Midwest. Oh, Phoenix again, coming in strong. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know what is fascinating to me is... As children of the 80s, we always joke that there was no such thing as like a helicopter parent back then. Mm-hmm. You could just get on your bike and mm-hmm. be like, I'll go I'm wherever. Just going wherever. And they would just say, be home by dinner or whatever. I find it funny that the, the duality of parents having no real oversight into what their children were doing during the day or at night or after school mm-hmm. were also the same parents who in the 80s dramatically overreacted to every single report it's true and it's really fascinating to me from from kind of a, a deeper level of of research to say why would parents who notoriously didn't really keep a close eye on their kids act so concerned about the safety of their kids mm-hmm. that's really fascinating to me yeah. i think there's something there there probably is. I'm going to write a dissertation on it. Thank you. Because I, nobody I has ever made it. that connection nope. before Laser Graves. Nope. All right. So that's it. That there is an original place oh, where the these original clown. Clown, killer clowns nice. started being the seen. The alpha. And it spread. Like, it's South America. I mean, they still have reports. And it's just continuing to spread. And we keep seeing these clowns. And then people actually do dress up as clowns there are many photos in the 2000s of people doing the same thing yeah except they all had pants on there was only one pantsless report that i found that was the founder of the clown movement and he had a clown no no, never mind no okay well before we 
go any further. Yes. I lied. I've got one more thing for oh, you. Lie. And that is this week's fun fact. Yay. Okay, this is a short one, but it's funny because it sort of ties into an 80s urban legend, a very famous 80s urban legend. My fun fact is, during the filming of the movie Urban Legend (laughs) from 1998, Rebecca Gayhart got sick from eating pop rocks all day long during one of the scenes. Oh, but did she die? No, her stomach did not blow up, unfortunately. Oh, gosh. But I did find it very amusing that she got sick from eating Pop Rocks on the set of Urban Legend. That is funny. Good stuff. Good Good. stuff. Okay, last one. Finishing her out with a classique. Oh, nice. The Vanishing Hitchhiker. So, this is a classic story. Okay. And, again... Like the choking Doberman, you have your variation. Right. It's okay. It's okay to hold it close to your heart. It's equal and special is the one I'm going to tell you. A driver on a dark highway picks up a lonely hitchhiker. The hitchhiker is friendly. They drive through the night towards some agreed upon destination. And as they drive, they talk. The hitchhiker gives personal details about their life. Sometimes it's their name, a story about their family, whatever. They're having a good time, pleasant conversation, keeping the driver awake. It's late. He's got company. He looks out the window, and when he looks back, the hitchhiker's gone. He's vanished. He's vanished. That's how he got the name. (laughs) Yes. So the driver then, bewildered, can't let it go. And he follows it up. He sometimes he hunts down the hitchhiker's family because he's been given just enough information. Oh, nice. Okay. Or he finds himself in the graveyard and sees the hitchhiker's name. Whatever it is, family or tombstone, it is revealed that the hitchhiker died. But not only did the hitchhiker die, it was on the anniversary of his death that he Hitched a ride. Classic. That's from the 80s? That's no. A... Oh, no. It's old one? No. So this is the great part. The book, The Vanishing Hitchhiker, shares stories about the vanishing hitchhiker going back as far as 400 years. Oh, interesting. And lots of variations, many different cultures, many different continents. Totally wild. But... I included it in the 80s because The Vanishing Hitchhiker was published in 1981. Right, yeah. <laughs> so he's a time traveler. Yeah. Nice. Just hitchhiking his way through time. Yeah. His, it's a hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy. Yep. But in a spooky way. Vanishing way. That's a pretty classic story. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, and it showed up in a Scary Stories book. Yeah, nice. I know. Very good. Yeah. Wow, that was fun. I love talking urban legends. I know. It's good stuff. I know. And then also one more that I just read. Oh, you got a bonus one, too. It's super tiny. Rice doesn't make birds' stomachs explode. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's a bummer. What? You want to kill birds? No, but I like the visual. It's really funny. (laughs) (laughs) Rude. Okay, everybody. Well, 
Happy Halloween. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed this spooktacular urban legends episode again. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully it got your day started the right way. If you find a choking Doberman, you know what to do. Yeah, you know you got to take those paws off your neck because he will keep choking you. <laughs> okay. Well, if you like what you heard, you can subscribe to us. We're anywhere and everywhere you get your podcasts, or you can go to lasergraves.com for back episodes. We're on Instagram at lasergraves. If you want to follow our personal sites, um, I'm at Renting the Apocalypse. I'm at Mariah Rose Wimmer. And for, for this episode, that's it. Um, till next year. Oh, I'm so sad. I kind of get depressed when I know when Halloween ends. I know, but also uh, send EK your urban legend recommendations and tell them add them to your list, EK, that you are managing. Yeah, because Mariah <laughs> will not do it. No, she just likes to come up with extra work. <laughs> okay, everybody. Well, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Bye. <laughs>